Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Winter. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. So uh, for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, want to share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am, I guess, first and foremost, I consider myself a builder, which doesn't mean much in this world. So really, um, I come from a, a dev world. Uh, I've you know, built products in all kinds of languages, back to Perl, C, C++ in the old days, through PHP and to Node, uh, with a bunch of other things sprinkled along the way. Um, and kind of on a separate track, but, but inter, intertwined, intermingled, uh, I consider myself very much an entrepreneur. I, I look for projects. I guess that goes hand in hand with being a builder, right? I look for projects where I can uh, go and create something, um, take someone's idea, sometimes my idea, usually other people's ideas, uh, and, uh, and, and take them, you know, step by step through building architecture, designing, discussing, hiring, building more, releasing, iterating, and so on, and coming out with a product, something that actually works, something people actually use. Um, and that, yeah, that's, that's kind of the passion, I guess, just, building things and so um so I've, I've done quite a lot of that uh in different capacities uh i've worked with um, you know small businesses a lot when they were building you know custom apps before it all became uh, uh super uh, you know uh, boxed um worked with uh, stuff like video on demand with uh, e-commerce real-time bidding uh and in ad tech with real-time bidding um we had uh Gosh, um, healthcare. <laughs> we uh, help help people save on their uh, their taxes um, mm-hmm. uh, through through health healthcare um, tax benefits. Uh, so yes, I, I I think that where I am is kind of like I'm the tech person in the business world um, mm-hmm. who who hopefully is able to help align everyone um, with with what we're doing it for, to be able to speak to people on an engineering floor, engineering level, and say, hey, here's how we code, here's why we code it this way, here's how this relates to the bigger picture, what the business is doing, um, to help the business understand how engineers work, how they need to work, how they, they are at their best and, and produce their best. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that goes hand in hand with feeling the best with engineers, probably with most, but with engineers, I know it to be true. Um, and yeah. then, and then, of course, aligning everyone around the the bigger picture of why are we here? It's it's for a business purpose, but more than that, it's for a human purpose. And if we can't um, get behind why we're in this, why we, you know, why we're working so hard, um, it's it's going to be hard to do great things. And and personally, I like to and look for great things to do. Um, and so, so that's the attitude I take. Hey, how can we, you know, how can we build great things by by having all of this? Awesome. Yeah, there's a, a word that really jumped out to me um, in what you just said, which is uh, align. What have you seen? Like, why is that important to you? Have you seen situations where there wasn't alignment? And like, what kind of problems does that lead to? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, because I think if you talk to people, managers, uh, engineers, engineering managers, people at the top and, and, and you know, CEOs, everyone will say, oh, yeah, we want to communicate. We want everyone to be aligned. We want everyone to be working together. Everyone says it. Um, but I think that it means different things to different people. A lot mm-hmm. of times people get caught up in their own 
notion of what's right. And when they say align, they mean uh, everyone align with me. And and sometimes that can work. Um, and, and you know, if the person is in the right kind of position of, of of control over a situation, but more often than not, what I think happens is there's different perspectives of looking at everything. There's there's the obvious, the business perspective, the technical perspective, uh, you know, the 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 market perspective versus you know, the, I don't know, the finance versus the social good, and so on. There's there's a million ways to look at everything, but also within an organization, there's different priorities. There's the longer term and the short term. There's um, everyone is in a different place in their own career and where they may want to be pulling the, the role, the company and, and, and everything else around that. And I think these these forces tend to 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 be a bit messy in an organization. Mm-hmm. And and even uh, one, one thing I've seen a lot is organizations will start out small and very, very focused on bringing in people who, who have the right kind of vibe and everyone likes each other and everyone, you know, is, is thinking the same. But when you start growing, especially when you grow fast, it becomes harder and harder to maintain that kind of cohesiveness, that kind of control over the environment. You become a lot more reliant on uh, what maybe what you've planted in advance in terms of, of a company culture, but also on, on the personalities themselves. Um, and, and that, I think, it's a question of the maturity of the individuals. Can we be open and communicate? Can we uh, uh, admit maybe where we might be biased or where we don't know something. And in the tech world, we should assume that we don't know something because everything is changing so fast that no matter how much you think you're you're there and you know it all and you're swallowing up every new thing that comes out <laughs> on any of the sites, it, there's just no way. You know your vertical. You know your sliver of information. You might have an expertise in that, right? But there's still, I mean, I'll say myself, I mean, I'll use myself as an example, right? I I would certainly consider myself an expert at building web platforms. It's something I've done a lot. I've spun up teams, I've spun up projects, I've done a lot of great things. But I know nothing about crypto. Crypto is huge right now. And I talk to companies that have ideas and they're like, yeah, distributed apps. And I'm like, you know, I really don't know enough about it. And it doesn't mean I won't in a year because I do take it upon myself to learn those things going on. Uh, uh, um, But, you know, but but I'm I'm willing to say, you know what, this is this is not the thing that that I can provide the most value. So it's funny. I'm actually kind of laughing to myself how common it is for people to never say I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think the older you get, the more you realize that that it's it's not only correct that you, you know, but it's it's also a healthy exercise to, Mm -hmm. to admit it to yourself, to think about it, to 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 want to improve all the time on a personal level. And it's not even about work, business, and technology. It's, it's really just personal growth. Uh, and I think it all starts with that. So I actually want to go back to, to something that you were talking a little bit uh, about uh, related to the alignment and the different priorities mm-hmm. within a company. Uh, I think a lot of our audience, right, they're, they're software developers. They are, you know, going to be often, quote unquote, individual contributors. Like, is that something that they really need to worry about? Like, do they need to have this perspective or worry about other priorities like isn't it just more effective for them to just you know focus on the features that they're responsible for i think it depends on the personality of the individual really Mm. um i mean i've i've worked in teams where we've had both types of players and in general 
in general, from my experience, there's no, there's no hard rule here. If someone's like, yeah, I don't care about the business. And I'm just gonna, and, and they're awesome at what they do. Hey, great. I'm, you know, who's going to say no to that? But <laughs> I think that when you are the kind of person to take it upon yourself, to understand the business, to understand what you're building it for, you will be able to make better decisions for, for within the job and also for yourself in relation to the job and everything else. For example, I see people get very excited about the technology that they're building, about the code that they write, about the, you know, the thing that they did from a technical perspective. Now, that's all well and good as long as you're focused on being happy you solved the problem. Mm -hmm. But if you're excited about the tech itself, there's a trap you can fall into there. And of course, I get excited about things I write as well. How can you not? It's fun. It's great. It's like, oh, my God, it works. And all these years later, I still look at it every time. It's like, wow, it works. Thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but if you get attached to the tech, you lose track of, of something bigger, which is that the tech's going to be thrown out in a couple of years anyway. And, and there becomes this, this bizarre fight between people, generations coming in and out of companies. Like every, you know, the, the joke is every new senior engineer comes in and says, oh, no, this is crap. We need to throw it out and rebuild it. Mm -hmm, totally. and, and and of course a lot of times that's actually true but but need to is also a relative thing right and and, and that's where i'm going where where you want to look relative to the business what does the business need what's the growth trajectory where is the client you know base coming from what do they want are we doing testing are we are we getting feedback just building things is is not i i, I don't think the point of, of going into a career of, of software development or, or technology, because a career implies like, hey, we, we're, we're creating value, we're, we're generating value, All right? Mm -hmm. so, so the value is business value. It's not writing lines of code. One, one of my favorite stories is, is a guy who's still a friend of mine, um, who, who, who was, I, was, I was a lead and he was a, a very, you know, relatively young engineer at the time in, in one of the places I was at. And, and he, he came running to me super excited because he was working on this bug. And he's like, he's like, yo, I solved this bug. It's so incredible. You will not believe how many lines of code I deleted. And I just hugged the guy. Yep. Because how many times do you hear people talk about how much code they wrote? Right. I, yeah. I was like, man, you get it. How many rows of code you deleted? That is what I like. And <laughs> one of those things that sounds so counterintuitive until you think about it. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. I think I think for me, it's like, yeah, no, deleting lines of code is is so much better. But I, I, you know, I bet a lot of people listening to this right now, that is completely counterintuitive, right? I mean, you don't, you don't really think of getting hired as a software engineer to delete lines of code. Like you, you are tested on your ability to write. So I can, I can completely see how that's well, confusing. Yes and no. I mean, you could be tested on your ability to write in some environments. And I, I do see this. And it's one of the things that, that kind of irks me maybe about sometimes the process of, of interviewing these, these silly tech tests that they do. And then they're like, yeah, you, you missed a semicolon. So we're going to reject <laughs> you from the next round. And it's like, it's like, I, I think, you know, um, it, it's the sort of thing that, that again, I've been, I've been in rooms where I've, where a lot of time was wasted arguing over points that made no difference at the end of the day for the business, for the value. It made no difference. 
But if you have five engineers getting paid 100K plus per year, sitting in a room for two hours, arguing over how much is that costing? No, it's not free. <laughs> it's not free. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a, um, uh, an engineer that I just heard about. So um, so like on one of the teams, uh, it, there's a, a manager talking about a one-on-one that he had with this engineer. And the engineer wanted to introduce more process because he noticed that one of the other more senior engineers that's been on the project for a while was using so we're going to talk about javascript real quick he was not he was not using let and const which uh you know were added to the language to provide Mm -hmm. more clarity on whether or not a variables variable is going to be reused and where it's available in in scope and the this newer engineer I think from his point of view, well, that's really important. There are real performance issues here and real issues related to how explicit the code is. And our code base needs to be consistent and we need to pick, you know, whether or not we're going to use the the new and his and in his mind correct way mm-hmm. versus the the super old way that is not appropriate anymore Mm -hmm. and i can of course see it from this engineer's uh perspective but on the other hand it's one of those things that do you know who's never ever gonna care which of those techniques we use our customer never gonna come up (laughs) it's like not not mm-hmm. going to happen in a sales interview. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're mm-hmm. all ready to sign the papers, but right. we do have one important diligence question. In your code base, do you use <laughs> let and const? Yeah. And and you know what? <laughs> that leads me into the 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 point, which which kind of what we're already saying, but but how important it is for the engineer to feel uh, valued as a professional mm. and not just you know, sitting there in, in a seat, typing on a keyboard, like, like, a, like, a, like a data input person. Like there's mm-hmm. thought behind this. There's, there's a certain art to, to programming. And if you take all of that away and, and distill it to, you're just, a, you know, a machine right now writing this code. And there's no, in, there's, there's no uh, imagination. There's no ideas that we need from you. We're not, that, that creates small thinking. It, it reduces the engineer's and look, there are certainly companies that do that. There's an aspect of of, of writing code that is becoming, you know, blue collar, uh, so mm. to speak. Um, but but I think that if if we are looking at the type of you know thinking uh, a developer, right? So it might not be about writing code. It might be about connecting, integrating different products. It might be about um, you know thinking about how things need to be connected. There's a lot of different aspects of of you know, of, of this thinking process. And I think especially with small companies, with growing companies, where you need to maximize your resources. You want to bring on people who are as sharp as you can get, who, are, who, who have more to offer than just, you know, typing on a keyboard, who, who, who can do, you know, do more, you know, who, who can think, who, who can mm-hmm. relate what they're doing to a business, can come out with ideas and say, hey, maybe we should do it this way instead of that way. Be part of that conversation. Because you know when you're when you're in that environment of a startup and you, all hands are on deck, you're building something, and you're trying to build something great. Uh, you want everyone to to feel that they can offer something. You want everyone to be able to offer something. You want 
you want to be able to, you want everyone around the table to be open to listening to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, excuse me, so bringing engineers um, in, into the discussion around business, having people who understand the bigger picture, I think contributes to a better environment, a better product overall, at least in the smaller companies and the type of companies that, that I usually work with. So when you're when you're putting together a team, you are interviewing developers. What are you looking for? If someone's listening to this right now, um, how can they how can they get a sense of how you think about that? Um, that's that's a tough one, actually, because I don't know that I have an answer. I mean, the the um, the dirty answer is I do it by instinct, but that's not really quite the case. Um, there, there you there, have it, people. <laughs> Just kidding. There is, there is. Um, I mean, first of all, there's, there's the obvious, right? So there's the skill set. You're hiring mm -hmm. for different skill sets. You're hiring for different levels. Um, there's issues of, of what kind of project is it, and what's the expertise that that a given individual has. And I think that that is something that that is kind of different about tech than other um, maybe other professions because it is so highly specialized, and there are so many different things. Like if someone needs like an expert in Python and you do Go, you know, yeah, you could learn it, sure, but it's not the same as hopping on and knowing all the libraries and how everything works in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, I so I think that again when when I go to hire the <laughs> before I even get to hey what what does the other person need to be doing? I say everyone needs to be themselves and mm -hmm. and find the right companies who need that value. Right. So I, I think I probably I've, I've suffered from this myself. I've tried to morph into uh, what I thought was expected of me. So you don't think that. that there's like a, a perfect engineer who's who's appropriate <laughs> and the best the best one for every single company? Out <laughs> oh, there? sure. Me. No, um, <laughs> no, we are all so human and so flawed and and we can't be looking for perfection. Uh, we we got to look flow. We got to look for energy. We got to look for, for that, that energy of, 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 of a certain, uh, I mean, there's a certain synchronicity between people in a, in a small company, but I think it's also a synchronicity of, of skill sets and experience. Um, so if you're, you know, you're looking for a front end person, you think you need someone who's going to take over an entire code base. You need someone who's going to create the code base from scratch, or do you need someone who's going to be under the, the guidance of whoever created the code base and in, in creating specific features. Those are two entirely different skill sets. And the two people could be the same person, different points in their life, but at any given time, right? You're, 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 so you're narrowing down your scope greatly just by that. And, and, mm -hmm. and then I think again, with small companies, the ones that I work, they were talking startups, we're talking early stage, we're talking, I've been working remote with teams from all over the world for years, you know, 15, 20 years, about 20, no, not 20, 15. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and yeah, well, and, and yeah, but, but remote teams way before it was, uh, you know, cool. And, and, and I think that having that right balance of the kind of people, like, are they available the way that you want? Are you available? They, you know, people work different ways. I work crazy hours. I work nights. I work, you know, when I code, I'll code all night. Sometimes I'll code for an entire week straight and then I'll just like sleep for three days. And, <laughs> and, and you have to be working with people who get that because there are people who say, what did you produce today? And, right. and you don't always have an answer for that and you can't always, but there are environments that demand it. And you know what? There are probably engineers who appreciate that too, because that's what they do. It's just not where I'm at. 
Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually funny that you mentioned the remote thing. Like before, it got cool. That seemed to to get real cool in a in a hurry lately. Yeah. What do you are there are there traits that you've noticed that 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 suit remote working for engineers? Are there are there traits that make it harder for an engineer to get good at remote? Hmm. What do you think about that? I think that again, the personalities. Are, are can be so different right, between people, right? Engineers or anyone, they go. You go into a profession or or do whatever you do for for different reasons. Um, I think that when you look at the basic job of what what it is to write code, certain certain roles can be very um, simple. And I know a lot of people, not not unintelligent people, who are like, you know what? I can make a whole lot of money. You know, we're writing code remotely. I work a day a week because I'm really fast and nobody cares. And, you know, and I'm going to be retired at 40. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, they don't care what they're building. Why? It's just like, hey, you know, those those people probably would, would you know, remote or not, would, would probably prefer somebody else running the show. Because you mm-hmm. can't run the show thinking that way. I, I, don't, I don't think it's possible to, to succeed as a leader, if you're, you know, taking the approach of like, hey, I'm just going to kind of do this as a side gig. Yeah, um, it's not very proactive. Yeah, but, you know, but again, I mean, everyone's got different priorities and I respect it too. If people like sitting on the beach in, in Mexico, then why should I tell them it's better to be sitting at a computer in New York? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, that, you know, so, beach, sounds, but, beach sounds pretty good, you know, <laughs> you put yeah. it that way, yeah. <laughs> but but what I will but what I will say is that that um when I when I look at remote teams and and I think of like who who's done well remotely the first and 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 most important thing is to be able to work independently to have your own schedule to to you know you, you got to be on top of your own um your own thing right and and I think we are all now a personal brand uh, we mm-hmm. see this on a personal level with Instagram and all that we see that of course in LinkedIn as as a professional brand. And and it's sort of this thing like well everything's public anyway so if you don't put it out there so then then all that's going to be out there is the noise, um and and you don't want that right so so you have to and and this is something I've come to terms with I'm I'm a behind the scenes guy right a back end you know developer um yeah I lead teams and and entrepreneur but you know at at heart I'm I'm a behind the scenes guy right I'm even in even in entrepreneurship I'm not the one going and doing pitches there's you know there's a CEO for that. Um, right. So, um, where was I going? <laughs> You've got to be on top of your, your own. Uh-huh. I, think, I, I don't know if you were going to say schedule. Well, I, I think on top of, I think on top of being able, being able to organize yourself without having somebody else set out, what are the tasks? What do you have to do tomorrow? What's the next thing? Who do you have to talk to next? You have to, you have to be able to do it. And I think that, that it comes into Nowadays, that's yeah, that's where I was getting at. Where where I've had to learn how to be a brand, how to to basically come out and say, yeah, I can do these things. Here's how I work. Here's what I do. Here's my history. You know, when I was very young, it was still like like sending a resume was something that you did. It was sort of almost private. It was it, you didn't want your whole history to be public. Like when people started putting their history, their entire history on LinkedIn. It was a little bit like, wow, are they really just like exposing themselves like that? Mm-hmm. And and now you look at it like, of course, I'm I'm advertising 
You know, right. I'm I'm marketing myself, of course. And and I think that an engineer, uh, this, this would be, I guess, a bit of advice, if you will. Um, step out of that comfort zone. Don't be a techie. Don't be behind the scenes. Be a brand. Make 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 yourself make yourself known. Stand up. You know, put your name out there. Put your picture out there. It, it's so counterintuitive for, for me to have done that, uh, mm. but I think it's super important because. Do you, I mean, do you think yeah. that that's a like a career mistake that many junior devs make? Is that they 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 I, I not to say that they're hiding, but that they're they're not making that a priority. I I don't know if it's a mistake as much as it just takes time to figure out what you want to be out there. Mm. Um, you know, it, it it's. It's a process. It's a learning process of, 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 I don't think that most really young devs actually know where they're going to want to be in, in 10 years or, you know, more, maybe even less. I mean, is that something that took you a while to figure out? Is there, is there any kind of way to accelerate that process? It does seem valuable. I think I probably took longer than most, so I wouldn't be able to give it. <laughs> don't follow in your footsteps. I, yeah. I, the truth is, I don't think there's a destination, at least for me. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the ride. I enjoy every project I work on. I've had, you know, juggling multiple projects at the same time. I've been able to focus on one project for, for a long time. And, and it's, it's always fun. And, you know, meeting different people, working with different types of personalities, learning to, to vibe in different teams with different, you know, divisions of, of, of skill set, different numbers and, and different places and, and, and figuring out ways to bring that all together. Um, it, every experience adds, as far as I'm concerned, to, to, you know, to my, my story, to my ability to then relay that on. And, and the older I get, the more I feel like I can impart some of that wisdom, um, you know, messy as it may sound in my head, and I'm hearing myself, it does sound quite that, <laughs> but I feel there's a lot of wisdom in there somewhere to be imparted, and I'm trying to do that here. <laughs> well, I like, I like that you said it's not a destination. I mean, I think even the word career, the etymology uh, comes from I mean, it's more related to car um, and like mm. racetrack. Like it is, it is more about the ride and the road than it is any particular mm-hmm. destination. Um, yeah, I do. I do think it's important, um, or maybe not important, but certainly valuable to have a direction and a strategy in mind. I feel like when I talk to a lot of uh, juniors, either through the junior to senior. Um, community or like, you know, mentorship programs that I'm a part of, you know, it's, it's pretty common that the dev doesn't really know what they want to target. And, and that might be partially to keep options open. They mm-hmm. don't want to pigeonhole themselves because, well, what if there is this job out there? And if I say that I'm not that, then I could be missing out on this great mm. opportunity. Um, And I think there is this courage that's required to be honest with yourself and recognize, no, I really do prefer working on the front end, or at the very least, I prefer being more of a product engineer and working on things that, that customers and users interact with directly, as opposed to a platform engineer that is much more foundational and that other technology builds upon. And Knowing which of those or or what types of technology you enjoy, I think being honest with yourself and and targeting that a little bit more um, is valuable. And I am curious if there are ways to to speed that process up and make a little bit more of a 
of a decision. Um, you, you know, no, now that you mention it, I think I probably did plan it a little more than I, than I thought of when I said <laughs> nice. it before. Because, no, because, because you're talking and I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. And no, and I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you what, what I mean by that, right? So I did have, I did have a pretty clear direction. And, and the irony was that the only thing that really mattered to me was to figure out how to work remotely from anywhere. And, and, mm -hmm. and after all that, it turned out to just happen. Um, I used to have to explain and persuade and convince that, you know, it was like some, some people accepted it. Some people it was just, it was tough. And, and I was always like, no, I can do this remotely and I can remote the team as well. And don't you worry. And, you know, and, and I, I blew people away, but, but it was a bit of a challenge for some to get their heads around the idea that it could be done that way. Now it's just like, Hey, this is no problem. Everybody gets it. Um, but, but in terms of, of direction, yes, because because when I, I had a business that while there was a lot of, you know, there, there was a lot of code and software development involved, I was mostly hands off other than one big project. I built a cloud backup service in 2005. And I know what you're going to say. I didn't call it the cloud then, but now I do because that's what it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. The cloud, the computers in the sky, not underground. It was, and but guarded. it was. Over VPN, secure, remote, automated, off-site for small businesses, and and I created it, and it was awesome until the market changed, which is what always happens, you know. But 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 um. But the point is, right? I was working with a lot of small businesses. I was kind of in this environment of of helping a lot of companies on a small scale, building little apps, working with with you know marketers and with with other partners and and remote teams of developers to build fairly small scale things. And I was getting a little bit, um, you know, a little, little antsy, a little bored, a little like, you know what? I want to think big. I want to do bigger. And it was like, well, I've been running this company for a while now and I haven't really been like in the industry, so to speak, a recognizable programming role. Uh, what does that mean? And, and so if, if my past since then is, is actually, was actually quite planned really because the, there was the role that I took as a co-founder with with a company called uh Wyco TV that was we were doing out of home um advertising uh right like at the at the cusp when it all just started and there were all these empty screens everywhere and we had this little niche uh when we were building this really great we had some great ideas for out of home but then clear channel came and wiped the floor and it was just over um <laughs> and that's again normal um but the point is I built a platform there in PHP from the ground up it gave me an opportunity to to really be a developer again and, and, and re, you know, rekindle all the joy uh, of that. Um, and, and I was able to leverage that to, you know, to get the next role, which was a, a initially a software engineer, like a senior engineer and turned into a lead um, at, at Live Intent, which was, you know, again, more programming this time, having the opportunity to experience what it's actually like on an engineering floor in a, a hyper growth company in downtown Manhattan, which was really fun. And, and once you do that, it gives you the ability to kind of jump up to the next role, which was in my case, a director role at a much smaller company. And then from there, I came back and started my own thing and built a platform where I met a ton of entrepreneurs and engineers. But the idea was I wanted to move in from working with small businesses to being a web developer and a cloud developer. And there was a process of all of these different steps, these different roles and these different plans. And then, in, in the midst of all that, as a very experienced PHP developer who knew everything there was to know about that, 
Uh, I went and learned Node.js and, and Angular from scratch through, through building the Cloud Echo platform because nobody needs a PHP developer. And, and one of the things about what I do, what we do, is you gotta keep learning. You can never stop. And, and so the long and the short answer to the question is learn the technologies that you wanna be using, become an expert mm -hmm. in them, and you'll get those roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's very true. So you talked about uh, some of your career pro progression, which I think is pretty impressive, been a multi time CTO. Uh, you know, director of engineering, lead engineer. Um, is the like, what's the best career you uh, career advice you've ever gotten? That question really, really threw me off. Um, <laughs> I, I best career advice or worst or worst. Well, <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to chime in with my own bit of career career advice. Uh, just like focus on you, focus on what you want to be doing, how you want to be doing it, and then. Create the rest of the picture around that. Don't try to become anything you're not. You're not going to be as good at it. You're not going to have as much fun doing it. It, it, it. It's it's not worth it. Life isn't about work. Work is is about life, and and right. Work is about is, is in service of life. And the more fun you're having, the more you're doing something that you really want to be doing, the the better you'll be at it. And eventually, there'll be a, a, a the right the right you know, uh, the I don't know if it's the right contract, the right role, the right whatever. But but you have to you have to put yourself in the place that you want to be first uh, because if you're not there it, it it just causes too many other problems. <laughs> you know I think that's an interesting one, right? There's there's I think this there's this tension between the people who think that uh, follow your passion is either the best career advice or the worst. Um, I agree with you that. If you enjoy something, if if you really enjoy it and you're you're having fun while you're doing it, you're going to be pretty good at it. You're going to be able to stick with it. You're going to be able to have that grit when when it's not working out the right way um, and putting in those hours, uh, you know, those 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 apocryphal 10,000 hours um, is it's just going to be much easier because you like it. Um, of course, on the other hand, there's a balance. Yeah, like it's on the other use. hand, there's so many, what, yeah, what, there's what, so what, many yeah. people who follow their passion and and there's kind of like no money in it or they don't put in the appropriate amount of practice. Yeah, but, and, but I didn't say follow your passion. I mean, it was no, implied. No, you didn't. It was implied, maybe, but that's not really <laughs> where I was going with it, right? Because the fact is when I said, hey, what did I do? I stepped up every time to learn new things that I thought were relevant for the places where I saw the opportunity. This wasn't about passion. It was about opportunity. Mm -hmm. So so for me, the question is, where can I provide the most value and have the most fun? Um, and, and it's a combination of all of that. And it changes all the time. And I have to reevaluate it all the time. Yeah, something I think that is that I tell people is that oftentimes that discomfort can be can be a signal that you want to follow, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the discomfort means that there's growth. Do you, is that kind of what was going on? Like when you were pushing yourself to learn new things, like was it comfortable or uncomfortable to try and switch from PHP to, to Node? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I think that, the, that, that I, it used to be a lot harder for me mentally to take on, like there would be times when I would go into something and think, oh yeah, I'll get into this new tech and I'd start learning. It would be like so overwhelming. I'd be like, oh, 
and 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 I would get I would get anxious, you know, like physically mm-hmm. I'd feel it. And I I I I feel like I've kind of moved past that. Like I've gotten to this point of hey, it's 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 zeros and ones. It's the same thing, just organized differently. It's all the same. Come on. And 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 you get into it once you kind of realize the logic of whatever the new framework or the new you know ecosystem that it it all it all makes sense in the end. It's like yeah, this is basically just like the others, only a little different. <laughs> <laughs> and and you you stop being overwhelmed, I think, just from the process of doing it over and over. Mm-hmm. When you're it. evaluating a new technology, what what makes you think like? What are the things that that are good signs, bad signs? Like, why would you choose to to learn a new technology, or like, why would you invest or put something into production? And, mm-hmm. and what would make you want to stay away, even if everyone's saying that this is the greatest thing ever, new hotness? Like, yeah, um, rewrite everything. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a, you know, a rule. I mean, I've seen, I've seen new tech be very useful in situations and. I think you really just have to have to evaluate for, you know, for a purpose in general, right? In general, um, there's this core thing, like, why, why did I go towards the, the Node.js world? Because web, you know, web and, and cloud uh, development was really where I like to be at. I like the whole, uh, you know, the what the cloud offers and the way that those services work. Um, and, and so I, you know, focused on it and, and pushed myself into that direction. Then there was the question when I when I created the the front end for Cloud Echo a few years ago, do I use React or do I use Angular? And and it was exactly that kind of question. I used Angular in retrospect. That that wasn't what I would have chosen with the knowledge I have now, right? Mm. Now, of course, I would have used React. And why? Why? Yeah. Why is that? In that moment, Angular was at the ascendancy. It kind of I had this feeling that it that it was going to be the the stronger one. It didn't matter that much ultimately. I mean, you know, it, it, you can never learn everything, and and I, I you know, worked enough with React that it's not a problem. Um, but I think I think that when you look at new technologies, you know, you you want to use to some extent what everybody is using. It makes it easier. There's more help online. It's easier to hire people. It's, I mean, there's a million reasons, and. And I think yeah. new something out of band, something new and, and fresh needs to offer something really specific and valuable uh, in order for you to kind of go off and be a, a first first. Uh, yeah, I'm user. just I'm just laughing because it's 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 so funny to me how true it is that technology is not just about the technology, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like having having a technology that's used by a lot of people makes the technology more valuable, kind of right. no matter what the tool actually does and mm-hmm. and there are plenty I, mean, I don't know about plenty but yeah there there are plenty of tools that that are really impressive technically but are just not going to be feasible to put into production because not an the ecosystem isn't large enough you're going to run into problems that nobody else has run into before and it's going to be up to you to solve them mm-hmm. and there just may not be a a good pathway forward or you may not be able to to give it the attention because you got to solve your own mm-hmm. business problems as opposed to solving the the technology problems. Yep. Yeah, I mean I'm still a little bit curious about why. I mean it you you think React would have been a better choice just because it's it's bigger I, these days or I, is there like Yeah, some other... I mean it's on an upward trajectory. It's got a much mm-hmm. bigger base. It's got it's it's it just seems to be stronger. And mm-hmm. and I don't I don't get attached to individual technologies, like I said, it's all about where where they are in the market. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it's if I, you know, if I if I'm a, a builder and I'm building things, I you know I can use different tools to build. Um, but 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 also again, part of this is about about making a living, about doing well, about having success financially. And so the question is, where is that value? What are people looking for? So mm-hmm. if I go and 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 tr- knock on on the, the proverbial door and and say that I'm a, a PHP developer, I'm not going to get a lot of yeses. And the ones I do get, they're going to be you know kind of old school companies that aren't really probably building much new and look for, need a lot of maintenance and hole plugging because that's where those PHP projects are. Right. And so you you got to put yourself where you know you have to first of all do that research, right? You need to know and again and and. I would assume that any developer is on all the um, the newsletters that come in the the um, what is that the uh, uh, Stack Overflow um, mm-hmm. with their annual uh, uh, surveys and like hey what's hot and and you always want to think hey like like do I need to do a crash course in Web three do mm-hmm. I do I want to understand better you know some 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 other you know I mean if you get mm-hmm. If you get the information regularly, and, and I would imagine staying updated is part of what anyone in, in our world should be doing, then then you will see those things will jump out. It's like, oh, I've, I've seen that term, you know, three times in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to go and figure out what that's all about. Um, and, and I think that's that's how I approach it. I want to know enough about everything uh, and, and always be there to to support those non-technical people that I work with and make sure that I can be that that bridge for them. Yeah. I think that's I think you make a really good point which is that it it can be helpful to look at it from the demand side. So look at look at the companies and the types of people that you want to help, like the type of industry, the customers that you mm-hmm. you would want to have, the types of companies that you'd want to work for. And then just get a sense of what technologies they use. And that's probably a good sense of, of what you might want to investigate, learn more about, and possibly right. even specialize right. in. Like data uh, science tends to be more Python, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like it, 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 you can figure those things out. It, and, and again, it's, it's, and, and I would also say that probably anyone out there right now should be looking at that distributed apps, blockchain and everything around that because that is what's what's blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Daniel, this has been great. Where can people find out more about you online? Um, so I have my website, which is um, nothing much, uh, but it's <laughs> van it's vanwinter.co. Um, van as in V A N Winter as in my last name .co, and it can point you to my various profiles on LinkedIn, Angel, and Instagram if you like seeing pictures I've taken around the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. Uh, perfect. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for junior to senior remote work is here to stay. I can show you how to find and hire a full team of remote senior engineers for a quarter of what you'd pay at local rates. To learn more, check out superstruct.tech slash four phase. That's F-O-U-R dash P-H-A-S-E.